0: All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're, we're looking at how to pray. We started uh, looking now at the, at the Lord's Prayer, His, His guide, really, on, on how to pray, which is a good place to, to go, a pretty trustworthy source. Uh, what, should it, what does it look like when Christians pray? How are we supposed to pray? Of course, Christ, Christ's guidance is, of course, the, the first place we should go, but the, the Lord's Prayer isn't, isn't just a guide on, on how to pray. It's a, it's a pattern. Uh, meaning that that the Lord's prayer is meant to be repeated by us in some fashion, not just followed, but in many ways to be copied. And and so we looked uh, last week that the the Lord lays out in the Lord's prayer a very specific pattern for us in our our prayers. The the, the Lord's prayer, he's not just picking random words. He's not just like, let me give him this sort of uh, soft uh, guideline here. He he is very intentional. Very specific in his words. And, and we saw this because we looked at, you know, two very different times, two very different groups of people, two very different situations. And yet he gives them the same prayer, whether it's in Matthew 6, and he's just teaching about prayer in general, or Luke 11, and you've got his most faithful disciples there wanting to know, how do we pray? Again, what does he give them? He gives them the Lord's prayer, the same, uh, the same prayer. So we see that it's a, we saw that it was a specific pattern. The words are intentional, specific words, these words, and learning from those words. And we also saw that the Lord's Prayer is a universal pattern, meaning that you and I are supposed to be praying it as well. It's not just something for the disciples. It's meant to teach us, because it could be that, you know, he was just talking to these people in this moment, and that prayer worked for them. But we see, uh, as we look at the scriptures, we see that uh, the, the Lord's Prayer is meant for all of his disciples for all of time. Uh, that it 's it 's a great guide and pattern for all of us, and then we stop there uh, we stopped there last week uh, we will'll uh, we'll never have a time uh, where we don 't know how to pray now because we 've got the the lord 's prayer uh, so even though we stopped there last week that 's not all that we can learn from just the lord 's prayer in general in the coming weeks we 're going to walk verse by verse through the lord 's prayer uh, and and I can show you i mean there are people that have written. Thick fat books, just on what's taught in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we're not going to do that per se. Well, I guess I don't know. Uh, we may, uh, but uh, but right now, we're just at in general. What does the Lord's Prayer uh, teach us? So let's let's stand in the honor of reading God's Word again. Let's read this prayer, uh, and then let's continue to look at. What can we learn from this Lord's Prayer? What is God teaching us in just this prayer in general? So Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, Matthew writes, under the inspiration of the Spirit, these words of Christ, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for you We're so thankful for the freedom we have in Christ. We're thankful for our salvation. We're thankful for your word. And we are thankful that we live in a country where we can get up and preach the word. We pray that that freedom continues. We pray that you would bless this nation uh, by allowing that preaching of the word to continue freely. We're thankful for for all that you've given us. And so we celebrate that by running to your word and, and the riches of it. Teach us from it today, Father. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're really starting with this idea that Jesus Jesus says in Matthew 6, 9, he begins the prayer by saying, Pray then like this. Okay? So before he gets into the Lord's Prayer, he lays out this hey, disciples, this is how I want you guys to pray. And, and so, what else can we learn from the Lord's Prayer in, in general, just as a whole? So, we saw that it's a specific pattern. We see that it's a universal pattern. Now, we see that the Lord's Prayer is an instructional pattern. Uh, what, what did the disciples ask Jesus in Luke 11? Lord, teach us to pray. And we've got to remember that's what the Lord's prayer is meant to be. The Lord's prayer is meant to teach us about prayer. It's not, it's not just a prayer script. It's also supposed to be teaching us about how we should pray. We're supposed to be learning from it. It's, it's meant to, to be uh, in, instructing us. Well, then the question becomes, if, if if they can say, Lord, teach us to pray, and he says, this is what you say, here it is, what is he teaching them, and what is he teaching us in the prayer? Well, like I said, we're going to look at the prayer line by line and see exactly what he's teaching us, but look at the prayer just in general. Look at the wide-angle view of what we see just from the Lord's Prayer. Just in Matthew 6 and in Luke 11, the Lord's Prayer works to both protect us from bad prayers, right? That was what Matthew 6 was about. Matthew 6, don't pray like these people. Don't pray like this. Don't pray like the, like the Pharisees and the hypocrites who want to be seen. Don't pray like the pagans who think they're going to be heard by their many words. So what's the, what prayer protects you from that? The Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's, that's, so the Lord's Prayer works just in general as a protection against bad prayer. The Lord's Prayer also works as a guide to those learning to pray. So Luke 11, Lord, John taught his disciples how to pray. So Lord, teach us to pray. And what does Jesus do? How does he teach them? How does he guide them into prayer? The Lord's Prayer. So the Lord's Prayer works as both protection. It works as guidance. It teaches us how to pray Godward prayers. That was the first part of the concern of Matthew 6. Not praying thinking about others, but praying with our minds Godward. It teaches us how to pray God-honoring prayers. That's the second concern of Matthew 6. You're praying like like the pagans have to pray. You're praying like I'm going to hear you by your many words. So the shortness of the Lord's prayer helps our prayers to be God-honoring. It teaches us the importance of forgiveness... The Lord's Prayer teaches us about forgiveness. Well, that's what what Jesus is going to talk about right after the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. And we're going to look at this in a few weeks. Jesus, right after giving the Lord's Prayer, what does he stress? He stresses forgiveness. After praying the Lord's Prayer, he says, look, you've got to forgive just as you've been forgiven. The Lord's Prayer also teaches us that God hears our prayers. Because that's what Jesus is going to talk about right after the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11. So he lays down the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and says, yeah, do you hear that prayer? You guys have to forgive. He lays down the Lord's Prayer in Luke 11. He says, hey, do you hear that? How can you, what can you learn about prayer? What can I teach you about prayer? You've got to know that you can go to the Father and he'll hear your prayer. So the Lord's Prayer is useful in instructing us and correcting what we need corrected and also setting up prayer just in general. So so the Lord's Prayer works to correct those things and guide us where we need to be guided. But it also, just in general, the Lord's Prayer teaches us what to ask for. We mentioned that that prayer, at least in the technical sense, biblically, is asking God to do something. That when you're reading in, in, in your Bible and you get to the word prayer, it is going to be tied to a request of God. You're going to see someone ask God to do something. Uh, And that's why, you know, so, for example, when you, I mean, just technically, when we thank God for our food, that's not really praying. That's thanking God for the food. Uh, And it's interesting, when you get to the Bible and you see Jesus go... To bless the food, you know what it says he does? It doesn't say, and Jesus prayed and blessed the food. It just says, Jesus, thank God for the food. Jesus blessed the food or whatever. And so, so, although, so technically, you know, that's the word. And I have to catch my, I still do that. I still say, let's pray for the food. And in my head, I'm going, well, technically. And then I'm like, well, shut up about the technically. Just use the word the way people use the word. Uh, But, but. we've looked at this, we've looked at this idea that prayer is asking God to do something. It's asking God to hear us and answer us. Well, then the question becomes, what am I supposed to ask for? Well, when you look at the Lord's prayer, what is the Lord's prayer? The Lord's prayer is showing you exactly what you should ask for. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but every one of those lines in the Lord's prayer is a request, Every single one of them is an ask. Every line is asking God uh, to, to do, to hear, and to, to show these things uh, to the disciples. So you look, for example, so what does he say? Our father, what does he want? What does, what is he teaching them to ask for? Let your name be hallowed. Let your name be holy Let your name be sanctified. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Give us our daily bread Forgive us our trespasses, deliver us from evil, you know, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. I mean, all those things, what are they? They're requests, every single one, every line of the Lord's Prayer, besides the Our Father, is asking God to do something. So that's why when when it says, teach us to ask, teach us to pray, teach us to come to God with our requests, what sort of requests should we have? The Lord's Prayer is teaching you what you should be asking for. That's why you notice on there, not Lord help me get a private jet, right? Lord help me to help me to help me to have my bank account full. Or give me my daily bread, not my not a filled 401k per se. But uh the Lord what's the Lord's Prayer doing? The Lord's Prayer is teaching you. It's showing us what we should be asking for. So so when you and I want to know, okay, prayer is asking, what do I ask for? What sort of thing? So, so, if I'm supposed to be asking God for these things, what sort of things should I be asking for? Well, go to the Lord's Prayer. Look at the things that Jesus tells you to ask for. Look at the example he gives when the disciples say, what should, what, How should we be praying? How should we be asking God? What should we ask him for? He says, This is what you ask. This should be your concern. These should be your requests. And you turn, you turn to the Lord's Prayer. What do you see? You see between five and seven strong things to ask of God. Strong things to ask the Lord. So the Lord's Prayer is, is certainly not some, some childish prayer. It, it's packed in its words. And that's what I want to say. It's, if there's anything we could get as we start to work through the Lord's Prayer, for some reason, the Lord's Prayer has just become like a baby prayer. And it's not. It's a prayer that you learn and then you move away from and you get to the real complex prayers. And No, the, the Lord's Prayer is filled with stuff. How do you combat prayer problems? The Lord's Prayer. How do you teach about the importance of forgiveness? The Lord's Prayer. How do you teach that God will answer prayers? The Lord's Prayer. How do you teach that we sh- what we should ask for in prayer? The Lord's Prayer. All of those are questions that we've been asked in our life and very rarely when someone says, how do I learn to forgive others? We very rarely go, Let me take you to the Lord's prayer. We will pontificate and we'll talk and we'll do all these things. But Jesus gave them the Lord's prayer and said, you see what that teaches you about forgiveness? Well, how do I know that? How can I learn to trust that God's going to hear my prayers? Let me teach you the Lord's prayer. Because that's what Jesus did in Luke 11. He taught them the Lord's prayer and said, see, you ask and the Lord is going to hear. You ask anything according to his will. How do I know if I'm asking according to his will? He's just given you five to seven things that you can know are his will to ask for. So we're supposed to, we're supposed to look at the Lord's prayer as a, as a powerhouse of biblical instruction on prayer. And like I said, normally that's not what we do with the Lord's prayer. Normally we memorize it and move on. We teach it to the kids and then we go on to other things, deeper things. I mean, if you thought about it, some of us have spent more time trying to figure out genealogies in the Old Testament than we have trying to figure out the depths of the Lord's Prayer. We've spent more time mining just random Bible questions than we have mining the depths of the Lord's Prayer. I could ask some of you who the angels are or who the the sons of gods are in Genesis 6, and you've spent days trying to figure out that. But if I were to ask you, what do you think the Lord's Prayer is teaching us? You'd go, well, just what it says. I mean, the Lord's Prayer is this thick, rich tool that's meant to teach immature believers how to pray and meant to teach mature believers how to pray. How can how can a prayer be so powerful that it's able to teach you no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, this prayer says what you need to say? I mean, this, this prayer, we're supposed to learn from the Lord's Prayer, and that means we're supposed to learn from its pattern. I mean, the truth is if, if most of our prayers look nothing like the example of prayer that the Lord gave, that's probably a problem. If the Lord says pray like this and you look at your prayers and none of them, none of them are like that then that's probably a sign that there's a problem. If you've, never, if you've never even looked and tried to structure your prayers around the Lord's Prayer, if you've never even said, okay, I've got, uh, let, me, let me learn from this prayer, let all my other prayers flow from it. This should be a model that all of our prayers are built on and the model that when we teach others to pray, this should be where we start. This should be the instruction for teaching. I mean, I know there are all these other models for prayer, right? There's like, I was trying to think of the ones I get. There's pray, right? Praise, uh, praise repentance, ask and yield, I think is that one. There's, there's acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. I found a website that had 23 different versions of, of, of like um, structures for, for how to pray, different methods for prayer, but this is the model that the Lord gives us. This is, this is the model, and it's a pretty simple one to follow. So if you were to ask me, what's, what, how should I teach my child to pray? I'd say, teach him the Lord's Prayer. Take him to the Lord's Prayer. Teach him to pray. Well, but, but, but what sort of structure should we use in prayer? Well, use the structure. I mean, the Lord, the Lord wasn't like, now this isn't going to be sufficient. You're going to need to add other stuff to this. This is the model. This is where we should begin. This is, what, this is what prayer is, and, and, and I lament how many people I taught to pray, or even myself, that I, not only did I not teach them the Lord's Prayer, I don't think I ever went to the Lord's Prayer. We didn't, I mean, the truth is, you can begin and end instruction on prayer here. It can all be found here. But we've got this great example, this instructional video, so to speak, from the Lord, And very rarely do we use it to analyze our own prayers or to instruct others in their prayers. We need to get back to what the Lord's prayer is meant to be. This is the model that the Lord gave us. And he didn't just give it to us once. He gave it to us twice to make sure we got it in our thick skulls. How should we pray? Here it is. Here's my instructional pattern for how to pray. So uh, the Lord's Prayer is meant to be instructional for us. It's meant to be a pattern that we follow, one that we model. And if you say, but I've prayed so long, I don't know how I can get back to that. I say, scrap it all and get back to this. And build. If, if, if your prayer life wasn't built on this, come back to step one in your prayer life. If that means for the next week, you have to just sit and walk through the Lord's Prayer and build off of it, Good. But just because you didn't begin in the right spot doesn't mean you should just keep on building. Go back, look at your prayers and say, and even ask the Lord, Lord, help me to build my entire prayer life off of this model that you gave us. Now with that, the next thing, the Lord's prayer is a pattern, but it's not a prescription. It's, it's, a, it's a model, but it's not a mantra. And I that's alliteration So zach loves it uh it's a model it's not a mo- meaning this the question becomes and i think it, we'll see if if jesus tells us to pray like this and if he does that on, on multiple occasions the question then becomes what what is the natural question from that what's the natural question that springs from that this is the fill in. This is where, I mean, the sermon is now going to be longer based on your response, and this will not deduct from my preaching time. <laughs> what if, if Jesus says, pray like this in Matthew 6, and if Jesus says in Luke 11, when you pray, say, what natural question comes from that? Oh, well, I'll tell you because you're all just looking at me and you're afraid to give the wrong answer. Uh, the natural question is, well, does that mean we can only pray this prayer? Because if Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, and if Jesus said, when you pray, say, I mean, if he does that, I mean, that kind of seems like a command, right? How to teach us to pray. Okay, when you pray, say this. So for example, Jesus came in here and and let's say Jerry's like, Jesus, how do I pray? And he says, all right, when you pray, say this. What is Jerry Webster probably gonna pray? Is Jerry Webster gonna, is he gonna sort of, you know, riff off of Jesus' words a little bit. He Say, our Father, mm, our most deep, gracious heaven. Now, he's probably going to just like word for word, like spit it out, right? And that's what any of us would do. So, I mean, I think, again, that's a, this, is, this is a good, healthy place to start from. It is a healthy way to read your Bible, to take Jesus' words seriously here, you 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 and i should have good reason before we allow ourselves to pray anything else i mean really this should be our first question should be are we ever allowed to pray anything other than the lord's prayer and the fact that we're going well of course we are uh might show that that we're probably starting from a place that, that doesn't recognize the central importance of the lord's prayer cuz again normally we ask do I have to pray the Lord's Prayer? That's what, as we're going through this, you know, the question that I've got is, well, do I have to pray that then? Should I, And how often do I have to pray that? But really, we should be asking, if Jesus says, pray this, can I pray anything else? That's where we should begin. And so right now, if all you've got is Matthew 6 and Luke 11, you guys should be thinking, well, I know what I'm going to pray every time I pray now. Uh, because all we've gotten so far in this is, Jesus says to say, to say these words. So can we pray anything else? Yes. Yes, we can pray other things. And we're going to see why biblically. You're not, I'm not going to say, yes, we can pray other prayers because I say so. Because Jesus saying, pray then like this. And Jesus saying, when you pray, say, trumps me going, ah, but we can do what we want to. We're going to actually see that Jesus teaches us that this is meant to be a pattern for our prayer but not the precise way that we pray. That's why I said it's a, it's a model, not a mantra. We're not sitting around. This is not the Baptist version of like the rosary where we're sitting around going, our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And you know, we get through it and we go, who did it? Because I think we've got good reason to see here that Jesus is giving us an example, not something that we've got to do precisely every time when we pray. Well, how do I know that? one, is because if you've noticed, the Lord's Prayer is slightly different in the two accounts, right? It's slight. The, the Matthew 6 prayer and the Luke 11 prayer are very similar, but there are some things missing in the Luke 11 prayer. So let's look at the two together. We've, we've, we can have them up there side by side. So when you look, what, what two things are missing from the Luke 11 prayer? Well, the, the, the our part of Father is missing. The The will of the, you know, your will be done is not there. The deliver us from evil is, is not there. Now, I will say what's interesting is each of those is a follow-up line in the Matthew 6 prayer. So each of those is almost like a Hebrew parallelism, meaning that the, the idea of, the, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That that's really sort of the will be done is building off of thy kingdom come, A- and the lead us not into temptation is really the the the, the delivers from evil is building off that lead us not into temptation. So uh, the, those those truths and those are, are still captured, but so the main themes are there. But that, that's exactly the point. If Jesus wanted our prayers to be just these words, you pray just these words. then then the prayers would have been exactly and precisely the same. Even the the variation, even the small variation between the example Jesus gives in Matthew 6 and the example he gives a couple years later to the same disciples in Luke 11 shows that these aren't meant to be rote recitations in prayer. That we're not just meant to open up or memorize the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6 and that be our prayer ever and always. The other thing is, so, so we see the variations between the two prayers I mean we can pray something else. Even if it now, it just means, what are our options? I can either pray Matthew 6 or I can pray Luke 11. But it expands even more than that because Jesus prayed other prayers. In Luke chapter 22, verses 41 and 42, it says, And he, that's Jesus, withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying... And notice again, when he prays, he's going to ask something of God, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So here Jesus is praying, and it's not the Lord's prayer, is it? It doesn't say, he went a stone's throw away and knelt down and prayed, saying, my Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's not what he prays. So Jesus prays other prayers. Jesus actually told his disciples to pray other prayers. Matthew chapter 9. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38, then he, that is Jesus, said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, into the harvest. So he tells them, this is what I want you to ask of God. What does he tell them to ask of God? God, send laborers into the harvest. So Jesus teaches them. He doesn't say, so, you know, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly that prayer that I told you three chapters ago. And and the disciples, the apostles, they all prayed other prayers. I mean, you're not going to see these up there because they're quick, but 1 Thessalonians 1 2, uh, the disciples prayed for other believers. Paul is praying for other believers. Uh, They, Paul, Romans 1 9, Paul prayed to be able to see them. Um, 2 Thessalonians 3 1, the apostles asked for the prayers, uh, asked for prayers for the spread of the gospel. So they, you see all these examples of, of other prayers. Now, even as we did that, did you notice something interesting about all of those prayers? Each one of those prayers is structured around something said in the Lord's prayer. So, for example, if you go and look up the prayers of Christ, if you look up the prayers of Christ, you'll see all of them fitting within the framework of the Lord's prayer. So what did we see in Luke 22? In Luke 22, Father... If you're willing, remove this cup from me. But then what does he say? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Thy will be done. So even Luke 20, even this example of Jesus, Jesus' prayer, he's not just totally absent from the example of the Lord's prayer. Jesus asking God, but it's not something totally new to what Jesus already told us to ask. It's just asking it for a specific way for the Lord's will to be done. Even, even when he told the disciples in Matthew 9 when he told the disciples to pray for more laborers. Do you know what's going on in Matthew 9? You know what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 9? Guess what? He's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about the kingdom. And all these people are coming to see this man who's talking about the kingdom coming. And it's within that that he says to pray for the workers by which this kingdom is going to come. And that's why we can say that the Lord's Prayer is meant to be a pattern, a structure for our prayers. It, it is, you can think of the Lord's Prayer like a trellis that the vine of prayer is meant to grow upon. The, the Lord's Prayer acts as a way for you to make sure your prayers are fitting within the will and guidelines of God. And, and rather than weakening the Lord's Prayer by us being able to pray other prayers, it actually strengthens it. So so all these, although these these prayers teach us, we don't have to specifically pray the Lord's Prayer. That doesn't make the Lord's Prayer weaker just because you don't have to pray it word for word. If anything, they show us that all of our prayers should fit in the framework of that prayer. And I would tell you, if you can't figure out how your request fits in the example of the Lord's Prayer, then you should probably be hesitant to pray it. If you are going to ask God for something, and you don't know how it would fit within the thing Jesus tells you to ask for in the Lord's Prayer, you should probably be really reticent before asking it of the Lord. So the Lord's prayer is meant to, it's, it's meant to be a pattern, but not a prescription, but that doesn't weaken it. It actually makes it stronger. Every one of your prayers is going to be born out of the Lord's prayer. That's why I say, man, guys, for this week or this month or however long we're doing it, I want you to pray, I asked you last week to pray the Lord's prayer more last week than you've prayed in the last year. And hopefully you at least prayed the Lord's prayer once. If you didn't even pray it once, be really sad. Uh, But hopefully you went and you did do that. You did just, just pray the actual Lord's Prayer and pray that God would teach you about prayer through that prayer. Because this, this is the trellis. This is the structure that the Lord gives us to make sure all of our prayers are going to be biblical. To make sure everything we ask of our Lord is what we should ask of our Lord. So the, the Lord's Prayer is important in that way. But, and then lastly, the value of the Lord's Prayer Is that the Lord's prayer, and this is where this is this is the this is the rich fruit here. This is where you get beyond just the the mechanical nature of prayer to 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 our spiritual heart in this. The Lord's prayer points us to the Lord. In the end, one of the great values of the Lord's prayer is the Lord's prayer doesn't just teach us what the Lord tells us to say. It also points us back to the Lord Himself. I mean, if you think about it, think of the importance of Christ in the Lord's Prayer. It is Christ that is the source of our our prayers here. The, the Lord's Prayer teaches us that God wants us to pray well. I mean, that the God we're praying to cares that we're praying well he he wants us to come to him in the right way it's meant this lord's prayer is meant to teach us so christ gives us the thing that allows us to go to the father and god wants it he wants us to pray well god wants us to understand prayer he wants to teach us how to pray he wants us to know what to ask for. So many times when it comes to prayer, we treat God as if he, you know, it's like, if you ask anything according to his will, and then we're, we're like, oh, but he's going to hide his will from us, right? We treat God like some sort of like mean genie, right? Like, like, like we're trying to convince him to listen to us and he's hiding what we should pray. And you might get lucky and pray the right thing sometime. That's not how God, that's not who God is. God is the one who teaches you to pray. God is the one who teaches you what you can ask him for so that he'll give it. It's like, it's like if when we say, hey, to our kids, and we're like, hey, now ask me this. And they ask us, okay. And then, like, so like, for example, when we come up, and we're like, give me candy. And we're like, we're like, hey, you need to say please. And then we should probably say, and you're still not going to get it anyway, because that was a really mean way to ask. Uh, but we say, oh, say please. I say, please give me candy. We say, okay, that's the right way to ask. Here you go. In a very similar way, we're wanting the Lord to hear our prayers. We're wanting, we're wanting to have that relation. We're wanting to be able to ask and know that our God hears us. Well, who is it that teaches us how to do that? Christ. The Lord is the one who teaches you how to pray. God wants you to pray well. There's such a fear in our relationship to God. There's such a a feeling of, I'm not even sure that God wants to hear my prayers. But that's not true. If God didn't want to hear your prayers, he wouldn't have given us the Lord's prayer. When the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, he would have said, go and ask John. He teaches his disciples. But he didn't. He teaches them and us to pray. So so the Lord's Prayer points us to the Lord because the Lord is the source of these prayers. Christ is the source of this prayer, but Christ is also the foundation of our prayer. This is, I mean, when you look through the stories in Matthew chapter 6, how did the people get the Lord's Prayer? The people came to hear the man who was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. In Luke 11, it's his disciples who want to learn from him. The Lord's Prayer only makes sense if Jesus is Lord. The Lord's Prayer will only cross your lips in any meaningful way if Jesus Christ sits enthroned on your heart. That's why I say that Christ is foundational for our prayer life. For it to be the Lord's Prayer, he's got to be your Lord. It's got to be your Lord's Prayer. I mean, even the Lord's Prayer, if it's said from a heart that is stone cold with sin... And then it's just going to be mere words. So so they point us to the Lord. It is Christ who gives us these words. It is Christ that must be sitting on our heart for these words to matter. He is the foundation for these words. And it is the Christ that is the hope of our prayers. Christ is the hope of our prayers. When we we pray, one of the great things about the Lord's prayer is when we pray the Lord's prayer, we're saying a prayer that has already been answered in Jesus Christ. Christ, whose work has made God our Father. Christ, who is the one who is hallowing the name of God. Christ, who brought the kingdom of God by living out the will of God, who brought and is bringing earth or heaven to earth. Christ, who, 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 who is not only our daily bread, but our eternal bread. Christ, who bore our temptations and who delivered us from our sins. When you're praying the Lord's Prayer, you're praying a prayer that has already been answered in a greater way by Christ. It has already been fulfilled by him. And so when we're asking things like, when we're asking like, for example, go and pray to the, to the Lord of the harvest to send workers out into the field so that the kingdom might come, what do we know is going to happen? What is the Lord going to do? He is going to send workers into the harvest because the harvest is plentiful, right? It's not like, it's, we already know from the Lord, we already know from like John 6 and other places it's not like the harvest can be plentiful and the harvest not come in. It's not like there's going to be some seed that grows in the the good soil, but there's not enough people to reap it, and so it dies on the vine. That's not what's going to happen. The Lord is going to send out workers. The kingdom is going to grow. The harvest is plentiful, and it will be reaped by his workers because his children will hear his voice, and they will obey it. So as we pray for these things, as we pray in our own lives, Father, teach me your will. Where do we learn the will of God from? We learn the will of God when we look to Christ and we start walking according to his ways. Then we can know we're walking in his will. That God's will is not some amorphous thing that's different for you than it is for the person sitting next to you or the person over there. God's got some sort of mysterious will for your life. No, his will is the same for all of us, which is to display Christ in our life in every moment and in every way. Your will be done. It has been done. In Christ, and because of Christ, it will be done in his children. So when we're praying the Lord's Prayer, that's the hope of our prayer. We're not praying a prayer that that we think, well, maybe God won't answer this. We know that he will because we know that he already has, is, and will answer this prayer. So before we get into verse by verse of the Lord's Prayer, that's the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is our pattern for prayer. It is a specific pattern. Know the words, the precise words. It's a universal pattern. It's a pattern for all of us. It's an instructional pattern. The Lord's Prayer is meant to teach us how to pray. It's meant to be a guide for our prayer lives. It is a pattern, not a prescription. It's not something, just a mantra that you say, and if you say it, everything's going to be okay. It is meant to teach us about prayer and guide us. It is a guide that we follow, and the Lord's Prayer points us to Christ. I don't know if you're anything like me, but for a long time, I did not treasure the Lord's Prayer. It seemed to me like a baby prayer, and it could not be anything further from the truth. Uh, Well, I guess it is. It is a baby prayer, but it's also a young adult prayer, and it's a mature believer prayer. It is a prayer for all of Christ's disciples for all of time, a prayer that he means for us to follow, and a prayer that Christ has already and will always answer. Let's pray. Just as we take a moment to, to get to the application of this. Just wanted to, to take some time to think about how can we apply this to our lives. One Christian, just, just take a moment and rejoice that you will never have a moment in your life where you, where you will not know what to pray. You will never have a moment where you will not know a prayer that you can lift up to the Lord. You will have, you you will have in the Lord's prayer, you will have a prayer taught by God himself to you. The Lord to give you a prayer to lift up to him. Do not ever, if you ever feel a moment where you don't know what to pray, run to this prayer. That's why it's there. When you're saying Lord help me to pray, Lord teach me what I should say, run to this and lift it up with and lift it up with confidence. Don't lift it up and feel like, "Well, this isn't really praying." That's the exact opposite of how we're supposed to feel about this prayer. It's not that if you pray this you're not really praying. It's more that if you're not praying this, are you really praying? God, Christian, God has given you a structure upon which to build your prayer life so a healthy thing for all of us to do would be to take a moment and say am i ever and always using this as a rubric for my prayers have your prayers to the lord the things you're asking have you become free and loose with those or are you letting the instruction and guidance of, of Christ be what guides the things that you ask for? Are you learning from this, this pattern or have you sort of made your own pattern for how you pray? I do this and then I do this and then I say this and then I say that. Or are you using the pattern that the Lord has given you? Now, if you've come up with a, with a pattern yourself that helps you do this and helps you remember this or whatever, then, then maybe that's fine, but, but this should be the foundation stone for our prayer life. And then just, just rejoice in what we have here. As we're about to move, if, if we're not rejoicing in it, then you're not going to care when we move through it verse by verse, other than the fact that we're walking through Scripture verse by verse. I want you to, I want you to be excited to get to know this prayer, Better, Because there is no prayer as foundational, as powerful, or, or, or as encouraging as this prayer. So take it up on your lips. And remember when you do, that you're taking up not just these words, but you're taking up the Jesus who taught them and the Jesus who fulfilled them. When you pray the Lord's prayer, you are remembering your Lord. Father, we do come to you today, our Father. And I pray that your name will have been made holy in the time that we've had here today. That God, we would have made much of your name. And we do that, Father, by obeying what you tell us. Not just by singing loudly or joyfully, but by, but by obeying you. And Father, I am so thankful for your kingdom. I'm thankful for how your kingdom has come and is coming. As, as the kingdom of God has washed over us, has, has called us from the other parts of the earth towards you. We who were once far off have been brought near And Father, I pray that your will would be done in our church service, in our life together as a body, that we would be a people living according to your will and not our own. And that we would do that here and now and not just longing for the day we promise we'll do it in heaven. That we'd be living out your will today in our lives. Father, I pray that you would give us exactly what we need, that you would give us our daily bread, that you would provide for each and every one of us. And Father, may we never forget that you do that. May we never forget, Father, that every bite we have and take comes from you. And Father, how you don't just supply our our physical bread, but our eternal bread as well. The bread of life that gives life, not just to our flesh, but to our souls. And Father, I pray you do forgive us of our debts. Father, we confess our sins to you knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And we know that our sins have been forgiven in Christ. And so because of what Christ has done for us, we also forgive our debtors. He Help us to be a people of forgiveness <laughs> that forgive each other because we have been forgiven. And Father, I do pray that that you would lead none of us into temptation, but instead deliver us all from evil. And we look to Christ to know that's exactly what you have done and will do for us. You tell us in, in James that you will never lead us into temptation. And we know you have already delivered us from evil. And that you're using us to crush evil beneath even our feet. So thank you, Father, for all these things that we ask, knowing that you will do every single one of them. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.